Hi, I'm Dr. Andrea Stover, licensed marriage and family therapist, and you're listening to the Modern Day Romantic Podcast. Hi, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. Today is part three in our series on love at first sight. Up to this point, we've explored reincarnation and Carl Jung's process of individuation as potential explanations for why this phenomenon occurs. Today, we're going to be doing a really interesting take on it, I think, uh, in that we're going to be talking about precognition. Precognition is foreknowledge of an event before it actually occurs. So when we apply it to this particular instance of love at first sight, this would be awareness that you are about to meet someone special uh, or a, a knowledge or an intuition that someone is about to enter your life in the romantic sense. Now, there's a lot of ways into this and ways that precognition can show itself or people can experience this. One of them is through dreams. So we can have precognitive dreams that in some ways are priming us. The psyche is priming us for an experience that is about to occur in our conscious waking life. I think when we imagine events that occur in our life, it's really tempting to think about time being linear. And we probably have to think about that on some level to maintain our sanity and a sense of having orientation to a point in time and, and to stay rooted and grounded. However, in reality, however, time works in really mysterious ways. And when it comes to the unconscious, there really is no sense of time. One example of this would be uh, when there's a trauma that occurs and that gets lodged into our nervous system. So something really traumatic could have happened to us 12 years ago, 25 years ago, who knows? But if unless we kind of work through this in the nervous system, uh, it, it feels like it's happening right now. It's still alive as if it's in the now. So that's just one example. There's lots I could say about time, but it, when it comes to the unconscious, the, the really important thing, and when we're talking about precognition, is to know that we have to set aside this notion that time is linear and that there's no possibility that we could have a sense of something that's going to occur uh, prior to it actually occurring in real time as, as we think in no time to be. Okay, so precognitive dreams are an excellent example of how people may come into contact with something that's about to occur. And I wanna offer a personal example. Several, several years ago, uh, I was just pining and yearning and hoping that I would find my special person. And uh, one night I had a dream and there was uh, a figure in the dream and I was having a, an emotional resonance and a, a real response to this, this figure, this person. And I believe I said, uh, yes, I, I asked, hey, when are we going to meet? And, uh, I think he responded with the 4th of July. And I said, oh, that feels like a long ways away. And he said, all right, in 10 days then. Well, lo and behold, 10 days later, I met someone. And it wasn't, you know, this kind of instant, like, oh, our eyes met and, you know, we, we fell madly in love or anything like that. 
However, being a romantic and having that dream and oh my gosh, 10 days later, uh, it really was a lot to be with. It was a lot to process because I wanted to put so much meaning on who this person was that had just, you know, entered my life. And I don't even, I mean, I don't even think I registered this person. I didn't even show up on, on his radar for quite a while, but it was so, uh, profound and it was so difficult to discern why did i have this this uh dream what does it mean and you can see how easily it would be for me to have then as a romantic have projected kind of this love at first sight and and what i would really call it is uh infatuation at first recognition or second recognition maybe because the truth is I had no idea who this person was and it was quite the disastrous uh, <laughs> encounter I had. Uh, so all that to say, precognition can show up in a dream and it can give us information. And if we learn to work with our dreams, I, I don't think we can know all the answers in advance before something happens. I think we actually have to meet uh, the person or go through the event. I don't think there's any way of bypassing that. However, if we're able to come into some type of conscious relationship with the contents of the unconscious, what they've offered us in Dreamtime in Dreamland, I think we can start to at least work it through and maybe be prepared for certain encounters or people or events that may occur in our life. So precognitive dreams is one way, and, and let's just um, really inflate this thing and make it super juicy and uh, amazing in that maybe someone could have a precognitive dream that they're about to meet someone really special and they really meet someone special and that ends up being their special person. Like I know that, ha I, I fully believe that happens for people. So that's one way precognition can show up. And you can imagine then when you meet that person, it's really meeting them for the second time since somewhere inside of you, you've already made contact with them and have been preparing to have this at least exchange or encounter or meeting with them. Another way precognition can show up is through having visions. Now visions can be more like waking dreams and uh, we have to be really careful when we talk about this because we're not talking about being uh, delusional or out of touch with reality or, you know, just kind of in fantasy, uh, you know, world or realm with, with not having any contact with the here and now. That's not what I'm talking about with precognitive visions. Uh, I'll give you another personal example. Uh, one time, uh, a different time, I was uh, really praying, meditating, hoping to find someone really, really special. And uh, one night I uh, went to bed and I'm not kidding. Uh, this guy was standing at the foot of my bed and uh, th this vision, this apparition, we'll say. And it was so, you know, shocking and, and spooky. And uh, but also, again, my little romantic in there thought, this has to mean I'm about to meet my special person. <laughs> and uh, I, so I didn't really pay attention to the fact that this figure that was standing there was, was kind of stoic and maybe even more than that, just kind of glaring at me a little bit. <laughs> uh, so anyways, a couple days later, guess what? I met this person and uh, I have to say it was another disastrous, disastrous encounter. 
But there was a precognitive component. And how I've kind of worked that through is that I think there was a warning. It was a, an apparition, a vision, something saying, hey, this person is, is about to enter, you know, your life, um, your field, kind of the, the consciousness had been overlapped or shared between us. And again, as a romantic, how challenging it is to say, uh, oh, that doesn't mean what I want it to mean. Instead, it means something, but just not, you know, this is going to be that super special person and whatnot. So anyways, uh, these are some personal examples, but I, I wanted to really illustrate why this is so important to me because I know people, not just myself, people have these types of experiences and it's about the meaning we put on them. And so uh, let me just play that last example forward a little bit. So when I walked into the room and oh my gosh, there was this person that I had just had the vision of a couple days before, you can imagine it was uh, it wasn't like I was meeting them for the first time. I already had a general sense, not of who they were, but more of their existence, let's say. And all of these feelings and emotions and um, deep heart yearnings and desires, they all get projected onto that, that person. And it can get really confusing and difficult to tease out, you know, what what's actually going on here? What who is this and who am I? And you know, what, how, how am I actually feeling in all of this? So just two examples, uh, precognitive dreams, precognitive visions. And there's just also in general, I'll kind of throw out a third uh, category of precognitive intuition. So that may not come in the, the vision uh, or having an image of some sort. It may simply be kind of this, this way of, of knowing, you just know. And I'm going to use an example that is uh, not necessarily, well, definitely not romantic in any way, but I think this is a, a good example of precognitive intuition. If you are a mother or have a, a mother who's really engaged and kind of plays that motherly role in your life, uh, oftentimes you'll hear them talk about mother's intuition. They just know things. And I've heard lots of moms say at various times, like, for example, they knew their child was in danger or uh, they, and I wish I could remember, these are just, some of these are, are various things I've read or stories I've heard of maybe even uh, let's let's imagine like a soldier that's at war you know halfway across the the world and their mother something happens to them and their their mother is aware before she actually gets the news so again obviously not a very romantic um or happy uh, ex experience of precognitive intuition but i do think mother's intuition is a good example of this and why can't we extend that to uh, out, outside of the bounds of the mother-child relationship. So as a romantic, you may have uh, precognitive intuition or just a way of knowing, hey, I think it's, it's close to being my time or I can feel a shift that's about to happen in my romantic life or in my relationship as it stands. But if we're talking about love at first sight, I think these precognitive experiences really lay the foundation to then when you have that actual body, that actual face, the other in front of you that you're meeting, 
it really can can bring about a version or perhaps the experience of love at first sight slash love at second sight since you knew they were coming already. So I really would be curious to hear other people's stories around this. If you've ever had an experience like this happen to you, what have you made of it? I'm also always interested to know uh, and I wish there was ways to do research on this. I'm sure there there are ways I could put up, uh, set up a study, but uh, you know, how often when people have these types of experiences, do they actually lead to what they hoped it would mean? I can only really go off of the stories and people and, you know, my own experiences. And I just, I know so often people say, you know, when they've found their, their, person, they'll say, you just know, you just know. Well, gosh darn it, sometimes romantics have lots of different experiences where they just know too. They know they've just met someone really uh, powerful or or kind of there's there's some type of resonance there, but that doesn't always mean that that's that kind of happily ever after. And I think that's where, you know, despair or hopelessness or having a broken heart and kind of losing faith in the the journey of actualizing and and living into, you know, a fruitful, fulfilling, loving relationship can occur. Because uh, a person can only take so many of these experiences. Anyways, that was a, a while ago uh, in my life when I had those experiences. But I'll tell you, they really uh, set me on the course uh, for lots of my studies. And I'm very grateful that I had those experiences. I think it speaks to the power of the unconscious. I think it speaks to the power of, well, I'm going to say love, uh, but the power of connection, the power of connection, the power of hope the power of our longings, our yearnings, our pinings to have someone really special in our lives. And it shows us how projection works in that when you meet someone and it's at that time when you've been expecting or hoping to, to meet someone and maybe even, you know, that spiritual piece, like you've set your intentions or said prayers around this and then someone comes into your life, it's really difficult not to put your faith there but sometimes the psyche wants us to experience things, I think, uh, to help us really grow and develop ourselves. And if it were that easy, then I think it'd be that easy. And maybe some people's stories really turn out uh, that way. But I, I think a lot of romantics, uh, that's not the case in their lives. So love to hear any experiences any of you have had, uh, even if it was way back and kind of what you made of those experiences. And this whole idea around love at first sight, perhaps being uh, love at second sight, because we've already come into contact with this person through some type of precognitive intuition or uh, experience. All right, join me next episode for our final pass at Love at First Sight. I'll see you then. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you're interested in learning about ways to work with me, head over to my website, themoderndayromantic.com. From there, you'll be able to contact me and learn a bit more about the customized intensives and retreats I offer both individuals and couples. You'll also be able to support future podcast production via Patreon. 
There are several membership levels to choose from, including the Beating Hearts Club, which gives you access to exclusive content every month. Thanks so much for your support, and I'll see you next episode.